Dutch National Championship. Uh, I became first in that competition. Uh, that was also the competition what made me the pound for pound number one in the Netherlands. I qualified for the highest and for the strongest competition in USA. And that was the Pro Raw Championship this year. Let's do this and let's be amongst the strongest lifter. It was very nice to participate amongst the best lifters in the world. 857.5 at a body weight of 107.4 kilogram, uh, the total that I wanted to hit, and that was a 2K total in pounds or 907.5 kilogram to hold an all-time world record one day. I know that I am capable of doing it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing powerlifting at all if I don't believe in myself that I could do that. I just want to say that I'm going to smash that competition in February. I'm the best Dutch slash sick lifter in the world. Welcome back to the CoachCast podcast. My guest today is a returning guest to the podcast. He is pound for pound the strongest powerlifter in Holland. Welcome yeah. back, Jagarad Singh. How are you doing, brother? Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be here on your podcast again. Uh, I'm doing great, man. What about you? I'm amazing, bro. I'm amazing. Yeah, it has been That's a great. little while. May last year is the last one we did, and that was yeah. episode 31. So, we're going to be talking about um, a bit of a different topic today is the competition that you did. Normally we talk about your culture and upbringing and all that stuff, but that was yeah. covered in episode 31. So if you are listening, you want to know more about Jagarada's story and how he got into powerlifting and became Netherlands number one powerlifter, then listen to episode 31, catch up and then come back and resume here. Um, but yeah, like we said, you, you just came back from uh, America, Kansas. Yeah. yeah, USA, yeah, Kansas USA. City, Missouri. <laughs> That's the one. It's um, it's uh, it's it's very different uh, over here in in Europe. No, definitely. Yeah, this this was definitely the highest uh, stage of this year in powerlifting history in 2022. So it was very nice to participate amongst the best lifters in the world. Hundred percent. So that was the pro raw competition. Um, yeah, and. So I'm guessing raw is, is like the name suggests. I'm guessing no like sleeves or no uh, wraps or anything. Is it just you and and that's it? It, it, it was just the sleeves only competition. Okay. So no wraps or any other uh, equipped lifting was allowed on that day. Only sleeves. So raw. So how do you like, obviously last year you did the Dutch uh, Open and yeah. you did very well in that. You, you came first, right? Yeah, I did. Um, and so I'm guessing, did they reach out to you off the back of that? Because then you're Holland's number one powerlifter. Did they like reach out to you and say, we've got a competition coming up next year? Or like, so, when did you find out? So uh, it, powerlifting is more like a Kabaddi system. So you need to qualify for certain competitions. In that case, I qualified for the highest and for the strongest competition in USA. And that was the Pro Raw championship this year that I did last weekend so uh, I gave him a message uh, and I immediately uh, received an uh, invite for that competition and I said yes let's do this and let's be amongst the strongest lifter to perform on the platform that's the one that's the one the, I yeah. seen on when you announced that you were doing it. I seen like on the invite or something. It said something about a dots uh, dot score, and then obviously yeah. when you did, what is what is that? 
So the dots is based on your body weight and the day what you lifted in the competition on your squat bench and deadlift as a total on that certain body weight. So that's a certain formula that will give you a dots point. Okay, so currently, uh, I know we're, we're, we're going to, a spoiler alert, you lifted 857.5 kg, uh, yeah. the minus 110 body weight uh, category. Yes. So your dot scores like eight point something, would that be correct? Uh, my dot score for this competition was 513. Oh, okay. F 513, yeah. Right, okay. So how did it, so... I thought it's just whatever the your body weight is, and then you you times it uh, as you say, like 110 to 857 is probably eight point something, yeah. or is no, it in it's, pounds? It's it's a bit different. I, okay. I don't even know what the uh, calculation about that is, but uh, 500 plus as a dots point is very good in powerlifting, and right. everything above that uh, you can call yourself almost an elite powerlifter. So, yeah. And then what was your score again? Uh, 5.13 for so this competition. You, you're elite. Uh, I, I'm okay with it because uh, I performed way better in February. There was, there was another uh, Dutch national championship in the Netherlands. Uh, I also uh, I became first in that competition. Uh, that was also the competition what made me the pound for pound number one in the Netherlands. So my dot score then was 5.17 or 18 something like that and my total was 870 so it was a bit higher so i'm actually uh not proud about my performance at the pro raw but uh, uh about the circumstances everything that happened during the competition in my preparation and uh, other excuses uh, i'm actually satisfied uh for uh that total 857.5 uh, as my first competition internationally wise yeah well like to the average person it's just ludicrous numbers anyway but um let's yeah. talk about the preparation so how long did you know about this competition so obviously february was the dutch so Open. yeah I, I had that competition uh two weeks after i immediately uh went to the meet uh, director and asked for the opportunity to receive an invite. So I actually received one uh, four weeks uh, prior to my competition I did in February. So uh, that was when the preparation actually started. It started off pretty good. Uh, I hit some pretty amazing numbers during my preparation. Like I did a 290 kilogram on the squat for a set of five reps, uh, benching, 182.5 kilograms for a set of five and everything was going very great. But it was the peaking uh, performance in my last final push during the preparation that uh, fucked everything up. How <laughs> so? Um, it had to do uh, with some uh, private issues uh, in life and also with uh, not taking it too serious because I was in a state of mind like, all right, uh, I, I have hit those numbers that I had to do in my training. So it's only the final push that will allow me to 
peak that performance and I was thinking too easily of it and that was my own fault I skipped a lot of uh, accessories so bodybuilding movements that I do after my squat bench and deadlift and I also didn't took my diet so seriously and th that's all my own fault because I was thinking too easily uh, of hitting uh, the total that I wanted to hit and that was a 2k total in pounds or 907.5 kilogram so that's a very special number to me uh, so I can be in that spot of being in the 2k uh, club but uh, beside that uh, a lot of things were also going on and it was also summertime so I was also doing a lot of uh, other stuff uh, so my head wasn't that much into the preparation itself, but more likely uh, towards other things. So I made it way harder than it should have been to hit that certain number that I wanted to hit. So it's my own fault, but I, I learned that uh, plenty of times. So uh, a year ago, uh, I put also bad performance around uh, this, uh, this time of a year. So around August or after August, I'm also, uh, I'm always performing badly in a competition. And when I have that moment to prepare for a competition somewhere around February or March, I'm performing way better because the winter also keeps my body weight stable because in the summertime, uh, one day my body weight was a kg higher and the other day was kg, uh, two kg less than it should have been. Mm -hmm. So, it's very different and very difficult to uh, get that adaptation to have a good preparation after such a summer uh, time like I had. So it's very different and very hard, actually. So that's the reason I decided to do competitions only in um, er early in the year instead of doing it late in the year or mid-year. Mm, I'm guessing as well, like two competitions a year, like one in say like springtime and one in um, autumn, it doesn't yeah. give you a lot of chance to like rest, recover and prep again. So like after the February competition, exactly. what, how long did you take to recover or did you take any time to recover or was it straight into prep for this? So I, I went, uh, I did a month of recovery that should actually be more than enough, but uh, everything was going well till summertime came. So that was the sh no, I don't party at all. I don't drink uh, only at Rias actually, but I don't do that stuff actually. I don't like to do the, those things, but it's more likely going to uh, certain areas to the Netherlands to have some fun. Mm -hmm. uh, Traveling. Yeah, and with powerlifting for me, it's very important to have my mentality 100% towards my preparation. If that isn't the case, it will be very hard to hit those numbers because I am putting myself in such a high standard that I want to hit in my next competition. So everything needs to be perfect. And if that isn't, be, if that isn't the case, it's going to be very hard to make that uh, thing happen to no, achieve 100%. my goals. So it's more likely a learning experience. It was also my first international competition uh, in the USA or anywhere outside the, uh, the Netherlands. Uh, so I learned a lot and I'm actually proud that I uh, made such a stupid decision. 
and also some learning experiences meanwhile my preparation and on the day on the competition so i'm actually very proud that this happened because it gave me more motivation to push uh, harder uh, more serious towards my next competition that will happen february also in usa miami 100 percent, and like i think this is the thing when you speak to people in sports uh like on the podcast that we have um you find that like you're being very critical of your performance and like obviously you're going to go back and rectify a lot of issues that you think mm-hmm. were, you, yeah. you didn't do to a high enough standard i should mention you came third yeah, <laughs> so it's I not did. like you did you didn't do terrible your first yeah. international competition no, biggest if, in the world if, you came third if, if if you're looking at that way, I performed actually uh, very well, uh, especially uh, because it was my first competition outside the Netherlands, so internationally wise, and also on the biggest stage of the world for this year. But uh, as I said before, I have high standards. Uh, I really want to hit that 907.5 kilogram total at least, so I can put myself in that 2K pound club uh, and that's a special club for me, uh, especially at this weight class. And it also puts uh, put me in a good spot uh, for pushing myself towards a certain uh, goal, lifetime goal that I want to hit and that I'm chasing for. But I need those uh, minor goals to hit first to achieve that big goal. Do you want to say what the big goal is or is it private? Uh, the, so the big goal is, of course, uh, to hold an all-time world record one day. So uh, I know that I am capable of doing it. Uh, it's going to be a long road, a very long road. But if I keep consi- uh, consistent, uh, keep gaining, keep building, be smart uh, in my training, uh, mentally wise i need to uh, be stable and stuff like that because uh, a lot of things are uh, gonna put in perspective to uh, hit that lifetime goal but i'm definitely capable of doing that one day uh, how long is it gonna take i don't know <laughs> but we shall see and we shall also see how uh, if i'm actually cap- uh, capable of doing that but i believe that i can uh, be the one to hold uh, hold an all-time world record one day. So I will definitely chase for that as a lifetime goal. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing powerlifting at all if I don't believe in myself that I could do that. 100%, 100%. Uh, all time is in total for like under 110. Yeah, so so I don't actually look at uh, one lift particularly because it's, it's, it's very great actually to have an all-time world record at a certain lift, like for the squat, bench, or deadlift. But the most important thing in powerlifting is your total. And that's Mm. what I want to achieve. And it's going to be very hard, but I believe in myself that I can hit that one day, because why not? And we shall see by the time if that's the case or not. But I will give my all to achieve that. And you'll see that, like, obviously, especially with squats and deadlifts, I think they translate well to each other as well. If your legs are getting stronger, you'll be able to deadlift more. If you deadlift more, you'll be able to squat more. So them two specifically will will definitely help each other out. Um, But, yeah, so just to run through your your stats for this one, obviously, I already said third place. Uh, Well, you you tell me. You tell me. So tell me the, the placement you got at the competition in the weight category and the the three individual lifts 
So I was the youngest lifter in that competition. I'm currently 23 years old. Uh, I was competing at the minus 110 kilogram uh, bodyweight class or 242 uh, pounds uh, class. And my squ biggest squat in that competition was a silly 302.5 kilogram. Uh, I missed my uh, second and third on depth and strength. And that was 320 kilogram and bench was 210. So it was the same I hit in February. And that's a 463 uh, pound. And deadlift uh, was a PB for me, a, a, a small 5 kg uh, PB, so personal best. And that was 345 kilogram and that's 760 pounds, I think. Yeah. Fucking so my nuts. total is. Uh, 857.5 at a body weight of 107.4 kilogram. That was what I weighed in at that competition. Okay, I went to the gym this morning and now I feel very weak. <laughs> like, when I left the gym, I was like, yo, I'm doing double biceps in the middle. I'm thinking I'm strong. I come and sit down with you and now I'm like, shit, <laughs> I'm weak as fuck. <laughs> You're definitely not weak. <laughs> Compared to that, bro, <laughs> that's, that's silly. I get it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's all relative. <laughs> and especially, like, like you said, you got plenty of time ahead. 23 years old is like... Oh, definitely, like, yeah. You, most people um, in powerlifting, what, peak at early 30s? Uh, around 30-ish, yeah. Around 30-ish. And that's like, I think that's the other thing is with most athletes is that your body uh, peaks probably slightly earlier than 30, but your experiences and your mentality of, you need them to both line up at the same time. Like you said, yeah. a couple of the mistakes that you've made, you learn from and then, like you'll get a time where your body will be at the highest possible level and your mentality and your experience level will be at the highest possible level at the same time. And that's probably like when everyone peaks at like different ages, yeah. but 30, like you said, is probably, Definitely. probably there about rights. Um, yeah. When, uh, when you're doing an international competition, obviously all of them so far up until this one, you have the juniors, obviously that we spoke about last time, Got uh -huh. a couple of Dutch opens. They're all in Netherlands, so you're just training at home. When you're going internationally, how much in advance do you have to go? Because obviously, travel time, jet lag. So that, that's, let me talk about that. Yeah. That, that shit is fucked up. That shit is fucked up. So, uh, so I took my flight to New York City. Uh, I stayed there for a few days in Bronx. So... Uh, and the sad part of it was, it was a seven hour flight. Uh, had to wait like three hours before I can, uh, I actually could catch my flight. So it was a 10 hour uh, thing for me. And after that, uh, the next day I had food poisoning. So I was fucking puking the whole night and the next morning also. So I lost like four kgs Shit. at my body weight, yeah. So that's what uh, not a lot of people know, but it's okay. Uh, things happen. It happens for a reason. So I tried my best to add a lot of weight as uh, I could uh, in the last week, uh, especially in Kansas City. But I was also eating a lot of shit. But I couldn't manage to uh, hit that body weight that I wanted to hit because uh, 
I need to weigh in around 108.5 or more to have a solid uh, competition in that certain weight class. Because if I weigh less than 108.5, I get very, very shaky in my squat. So it's going to be very hard to keep my line when I'm going down in my squat to keep that line. And if I get out of my technique, it's going to be very hard to manage that lift to receive receive it as a good lift. So that that was very hard for me to experience, but I'm okay with it. Things happen. It happens for a reason. And I'm actually very proud that I got out injury-free wise out of the competition and that I came out healthy. How how many days prior to the competition did you travel out? Uh so seven or eight days okay so at the uh seven uh so i was seven or six days out from the competition and that was when i hit the food poisoning and when i was uh, puking and when i lost four kgs and i couldn't manage to add any weight at all just one or two kg why i lost four kg so fuck it out I can imagine, yeah. like as as you say, like when you're especially doing certain lifts, it's a it's leverage, isn't it? The more weight you have, the more you can push. Like if you're higher, if you've got higher weights, you can uh, your body weight's higher, then you've got more leverage, sort of thing. So I see so especially on your my whole preparation when I weighed around 108.5 or more, and when your body weight is dropping down, it's just it just hits different on your body, so that sucks, but it's okay. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, exactly. I think most people, even if they're not into powerlifting and they're into bodybuilding or something, when you're cutting, it's it's so much harder to lift as much weight as when you're bulking sort of thing. So yeah. like most people understand like 4kg is a big difference as well. I seen yeah. on your Instagram, you obviously were training in a couple of gyms in New York as well. I think either New York yeah. or maybe Kansas. And you were yeah. on a squat on there and you sort of buckled. Is that because of the food poisoning then? What? You know, on one of your Instagram posts, I think it was, or maybe on your story. I can't remember which if it was if it was on your a post or a story. Uh-huh. But you were training at like a, I think it was like a barbell gym. I don't know what the actual name of the gym was. You were doing squats, and then like you buckled slightly, and they had to like obviously pick up the the weight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, no, there was uh, a week before. Not there was actually the day before I left my. Uh, country the Midlands and that had also to do with uh, losing a kg of my body weight because it's very hot so as I said before uh, one day I weigh exactly what I want to be and the other day I lost like two kgs or something like that so that's also a big difference uh, compared to prepping in the summertime and actually prepping in around winter time and stuff like that. Because uh, I get more adjusted in the winter compared to summer. And that's also a big factor. And yeah, it sucks, but it's okay. Because uh, I learned a lot, uh, a lot of my mistakes from my mistakes. So I will definitely uh, get things adjusted to for my next competition to eliminate those uh, things that i did uh yeah and fault in yeah in that way so yeah 100 percent. 
Do you think you'll get go over earlier? Do you know what caused the food poisoning? By the way, Did, was it like tr- like the plane so, food, or was it over in New York? Or so, I think it's the bacteria that I uh, am not familiar with for my body system. Okay, because the bacteria in uh, USA is very different yeah. compared to what we have in Europe. So my body definitely needed to get adjusted to uh, those circumstances. And it happens always, like nine out of 10 times, uh, I always uh, puke the fuck out of my body uh, when I go to a different country, whether it's India, uh, Canada, or USA, you can call it. So it always happens to me. So I think so in I, Europe, I'm actually. Sorry, I think in Europe, Europe it's fine. We have food regulations, like the EU has like regulations on what you can put in food and what you can't when yeah. you go to america or, or india or canada their food regulations are the strictest yeah. here so they're just and like put any fucking yeah. chemical in there and that yeah. doesn't sit and well especially the mexican food uh that shit is fucked man <laughs> i'm not gonna eat any mexican food at all because uh I, I was also afraid to eat uh, meat uh for the next few days because mm-hmm. i didn't want to, to hit another food poisoning again yeah so yeah. i was actually uh, for the next few days i was actually eating just one or twice a day right for for three days straight and then i was like okay shit i need to add some body weight up so i'm gonna take the risk and if it happens it happens again and if not <laughs> then i'm fine and uh, uh, prior uh, the day before the competition, I also took an IV. So they will uh, send the nutrition and stuff like that in my body system. Um, but it wasn't good enough to heal the process of what happened uh, days before. So it's okay. It's a learning experience. 100%. I think like a couple of bodybuilders I spoke to that went to like different countries and things. They say that they'll go to like, because obviously each country processes their food different so especially if you eat yeah. out at restaurants and things like that it's it's a lot more risky whereas i think um like if you go to like supermarkets and just get raw chicken and then you make it yourself at home or whatever is a lot more safe like so if even if you're in a hotel like if you went to whole foods or something and picked up a lot of raw raw stuff it's um it's not as i don't think it would be as bad impact on your stomach just because it's I think it's mainly the processed food and the way that they process their food yeah, is a bit different definitely. to like Europe. Just, but like you said, you live and you learn. Do, do you think you'll go, when you go back in February to, to Miami uh, for the next competition, we'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a minute. Um, do you think you'll go a bit more than a week in advance, like maybe a couple of weeks just so you can get settled in a bit easier? Uh, no, I will actually go... Uh, just a week or eight or nine days before uh that's just fine it's just uh the food poisoning needed to be happen to get adjusted with the system in usa Mm -hmm. so my body uh received that adaptation now so i don't think i will receive another uh, food poisoning and i'm also not gonna eat outside i'm gonna buy food from the groceries and i'm gonna make it at the hotel and that's it yeah 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. So let's talk about the day. It's it's one of the, like you said, one of the biggest powerlifting competitions of the year. Yeah. All the big names are there, like <laughs> you were saying. A lot of, uh, That's crazy, yeah. a lot of people yeah. that you probably look yeah. up to, you're now yeah, with in the same sort of, and competing yeah. against them. 
what is that like? Because when you're talking about mentality, that's something that must play a part in that, right? If like you going, it's like the idols become rivals, what, what they sort of say. So what was that like for you? So this time around, I was actually very quiet. I was actually looking more likely uh, what happened around me, uh, how the people where I look up to, how they approach certain things. And I had to go there for my first time to learn a lot from those people that are uh, at the highest uh, competition, at the top. They are the best, so I need to learn from them what they're, what they're doing good and how they approach certain things to get their performance perfectly peaked. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, I'm not gonna put those things out because it gives uh, others also an advantage because you just have to be there. You just have to learn from those people that are at the highest top. And that's what I exactly did. And it was very funny because so we have a 24 hour uh, uh, weigh-ins before. So uh, at the moment when I was uh, checking everything out with my uh, clothing that I would wear in, on the day of competition, everything happened okay, fine, great. I go to the uh, weight room for uh, checking out the uh, weight and I saw some big people. I, I saw fucking Shane Hunt, uh, Joey Sullivan, Jamal Browner, a lot of crazy people that are uh, in the game currently at the highest peak of their uh, strength. And that was so crazy to see in real life. Uh, it was such an amazing experience. Uh, I've watched those people on YouTube, social media and stuff like that. And now I'm, I'm here sitting next to Jamal Browner. So th that was crazy. Uh, I also didn't know what uh, I also didn't know what to do at that time. I was just quiet. I was <laughs> I, I was just blown away. I was it, it was such a humble experience. So uh, it it was very nice. I can't even describe it. So and those people are also so uh, great. They are such a humble people. Uh, they're so nice uh, to each other. Also uh, towards me when I uh, had a talk with a uh, uh, few of those people, uh, they were so humble, so nice, so respectful towards me. So it's not that they are looking down at you because you're uh, just a noob lifter compared to them. No, they see you actually as an equal way. So that was pretty nice experience that I didn't have the feeling that I was... Uh, pushed out from the group no it was uh, it was nice it was great man. did you um if you weren't too shy and too quiet did you get to ask a few questions with them and like, have chats and like maybe get some tips and tricks so i did that actually after the competition uh, i had a few talks uh right before the, the day of the competition uh, when the competition was going to happen uh but i just uh was on my own space i didn't want to disturb anyone so i don't even know them you know so why would i go to them and ask them a question while they're prepping uh, stressing out to hit their uh, weight class to uh to focus on their competition so why would i even disturb them so i was like i'm gonna be quiet i'm just gonna look around 
how those people uh, are uh, reacting to certain things, uh, how they're getting ad uh, adapted to certain things. So I can learn from them uh, also on the day of the competition. And after everything happened, I was going one to another and having a good talk with those uh, I wanted to talk with. That's so, good. Like, I think the thing with uh, most like most athlete athletes and competitions and things is like they will not see you as an outsider because one, you came third, so you're still at a very high level and they'll respect that. Mm -hmm. But two, if you're there and, and you're at a level, like like you say, your dots level are high enough for you to go to the competition, everybody there is at such a level where there's a shared experience of like you have went through the same prep as they have. Not the exact same, but you know what I mean? Like you, you have done the, the struggles that they've been through sort of thing. And like everybody's been in the gym, everybody's working hard towards something. So even yeah. if there's competition there, there's still like respect of like, this person's worked his ass off to get here, just like me. Definitely. So I think, do you know what I mean? So I think everyone's... Yeah. yeah. It, 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 is, it, it is the highest competition. You can't just sign up for it and be there. You need to qualify. So there's a lot of work to do, actually, to be on that spot, to compete amongst those lifters. So they definitely respect each other. Mm -hmm. So 100%. that's it. Yeah. When, when you weighed in the day before, um, so obviously, like, for, for you, it was a bit different because the food poisoning, you were a bit underweight. Mm -hmm. But do certain people, like, if you're in the 110 category, will certain people come in at, like, 109 and then eat some more food no, and then actually no, no, be... No. So, so uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but there's one lifter. Uh, he hit his weight uh, 24 hours before the competition. So he had a perfect weight cut. And he bumped like 10 kgs up in his weight. So he was actually competing. He, he was actually competing uh, on the day of a competition in a higher weight class while he made his weight for that certain weight class he competed in. Mm -hmm. So that's actually crazy. So uh, that's the level uh, you want to be in. Like all those UFC lifter uh, fighters, fighters yeah. they're cutting like five, ten, maybe even more than 10 pounds to hit the, hit the weight class. But as soon as they're getting their IVs, uh, get hydrated and stuff like that, they're uh, five, 10, or maybe more uh, kgs higher in body weight. So yeah. that, that's the spot you want to work towards to. Not like me, like I came there as a, a 242 pound lifter while I was weighing in around 235, 236. So mm -hmm. th that's not something you want to do. So that's also what I need to work on to put on mass in my weight class to be as big as possible and to have a good, nice cut uh, for that certain weight class to get uh, actually uh, in a higher uh, body weight on the day of competition. So that's also what I learned uh, from those people. 100%. That's, that's what I was going to ask is obviously it, it, if it's it in the rules. It gives you such a big advantage. It yeah. gives you such a big advantage. Like I'm here 107.4 kilogram in body weight and do, then you have a guy that is actually competing in a lower bo body weight uh, in a weight class 
and he weighs like two or three kgs more than you while he's competing in a lower weight class mm -hmm. so that's crazy that 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 gives you a big advantage in a certain weight class yeah but is it is it not difficult then for for that person when they cut and then to put on all the size within like one day if they put on like maybe five ten kgs uh, ivs this... do, does the work the ivs right. it gives you the nutrition it gives you the hydration that you need it gives you the uh, growth hormone uh, everything you need in uh, for your body to bump up your weight immediately and the perfect thing the best thing you can do is while you're getting your iv in uh just eat your food yeah. so you get both things in and drink a lot of uh juice or water with salt that can also lead in a good uh bumping in your uh, weight so salt for cramping what is it salt in the water for it to, to stop cramping yeah also okay. but you you will stop cramping by the iv because you will get hydrated and you will receive the nutrition that you need for your body yeah that you lost while uh, cutting weight so that's the thing that's the Makes special sense. thing those people do and there's no there's no rulings against it in all these competitions it's that's like no, everybody definitely. knows these, these this is gonna yeah. happen basically yeah it, it, it's your own uh, thing if you want to do that if you want to go on that route you should do that that's gonna give you a uh, better performance in a lower weight class that's the best thing you can do it gives you such a big advantage and it's a 24-hour weigh-in so you have some federations or other sports that gives you a two-hour weigh-in prior mm -hmm. to the competition so you will have to weigh in at the day of the competition yeah. especially in the ipf and i'm competing in the ipl so I've, I'm lucky that I can compete 24 hours, uh, that I can uh, weigh in 24 hours before the competition. Right. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So obviously we, we spoke about like your experience on the day and things and uh, leading up to the competition. Uh, we mentioned it a couple of times now. You're going to Miami in <laughs> February, uh, uh, yeah. Ghost Clash. Yes, um, that's right. So what... So obviously now it's only been last week that you competed. You're still going to be in recovery probably for the remainder of like another month, maybe three more no, months. No, I'm going to start next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So not a lot of recovery time whatsoever. No. Uh, How, why so quick? Uh, so my body didn't damage at all because of uh, the low weights I lifted at the competition day. So uh, I'm good. I'm fine. Uh, I got a few uh, itchy uh, muscles that need some rest, but it's okay. I, will, I won't squat 300 kg something next week. No, I'm going to build up slowly again. So my body will get adapted to it. And uh, I don't need the rest to, for, for four weeks to get adjusted and start again. No, it's okay. I'm fine. I feel good. I can start next week. So I will do that. Fair enough. I mean, if you don't need the rest, <laughs> then there you go. Yeah. What um, I think we've already talked about some of the changes, and like you said, you, you prefer um, sort of the early in the year and spring, so you like to like to prep over the winter instead of the summer. Yeah. And that sort of will rectify most of the problems that you had in this sort of preparation. 
But is there any like one or two things that you think I've like massively fucked up on here, other than the ones that were mentioned that you're gonna change? Like how how conscious of you of like, okay, these are the things I've learned from this prep, these are the things I've learned from these individuals. So my body type uh, changed a lot since we spoke for the first time. So uh, for instance, for bench press, uh, I sink a lot during uh, I, when I receive my uh, press com- uh, command. So that shit doesn't work for me at all because I'm way leaner than I was before. So I need to adjust uh, while my body is also adjusting over the years. So my technique, uh, needs to be changed on the bench press, for instance, uh, also on the deadlift, uh, squat also. I was standing pretty wide uh, always, mm-hmm. uh, been a wide squatter, but uh, I've seen that it's very hard to keep that technique while my body language, uh, body type uh, has uh, been changed over the years. So, and I'm all, I was also using always a uh, mid belt position or a high belt position now for this, uh, for the belt mm-hmm. and that's also what doesn't work that good anymore so i'm gonna use a lower belt position uh probably gonna switch to uh heels on squats so okay. elevated shoes that elevate my heels so i was always squatting on uh flats so i'm gonna change that probably uh, also i'm gonna stand a bit closer than i did before because i Standard actually pretty wide, like as a sumo deadlifter, uh, mm. in the same position as in the uh, squat. And with sumo, I've seen that I'm actually standing too wide, so I can't get my hips into a certain place that I want uh, yeah. that they are needed to be. So I need to stand a bit closer because I've seen at Gat Gym, uh, I did. 330 kilogram uh, on a stiff bar. So that's yeah. actually way harder than a deadlift bar because the deadlift bar is way longer mm-hmm. and the uh, weights are pushed out more for, uh, from one to in, uh, each other. So the band, is, the band is way more in a deadlift bar compared to a stiff bar. And the stiff bar is what they use at Gat Gym. So I did 330 kilogram, very easy. And that was also the reason that uh, the reason why of that was because I was standing up uh, way closer than I normally do on a deadlift bar. So it gives me a, such a better advantage to stand closer, to create more force from the ground to actually execute that lift. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what I need to change for my deadlift because at Get Gym, I did 330 kilogram, knowing that I had definitely 340 or 350 that day, especially with the crowd uh, that was going on, the vibes, everything was great over there. It's good. It's good. We'll touch on that in a second. Yeah. Um, That's that's just uh, a friendly competition uh, for the Sangat and stuff like that. But the most important thing is to actually be... uh, be competitive uh, to hit those numbers at the pro stage because that's what all matters to me. 100%. But do you think that is a another contributing factor is when you know it's not competition, 
there's obviously mental pressure as well of like this is a competition and friendly competition you're a bit more relaxed things like that as you're probably able to lift more generally because like even like in the gym you'll lift more than you lift on competitions just because of like nerve stress all of these yeah. kind of factors as well so that probably plays definitely. a part yeah definitely that's a big factor because when you're at the highest stage you don't want to fail and if you're gonna fail it's gonna sit in your mind so hard and so bad and that's also gonna f you up for the bench press and the deadlift and compared to what i did get or any other uh friendly competitions that was just yolo me and seeing what i had on the day and just going with the fives and that's it yeah exactly when you're speaking about like your body type changing as well obviously uh 23 um the last time we spoke i think you probably 22 21 because like around 18 months ago or something about uh that that range um obviously puberty is a thing <laughs> um, i yeah. given your size i don't and your and your daddy i think yeah. that's probably quite a few years ago but yeah. still like your body still changes when you're around 21 and that's when you're coming out Definitely. of that stage is that what you're referring to as like your body composition is a bit different because now you're probably at the back end of that and you're fully matured and you probably came out of the back end of that is is that what you're referring to or is it that uh, you put on more mass so your body composition is different so i've put on more uh muscle mass and i've lost more uh, fat over okay. the years so and that changed my body type a lot and that's why i need to change my technique mm -hmm. to get adjusted with my body type okay because before you were using your fat as more leverage so like as you were saying on the bench when you were sinking in you were putting it on your stomach more because you had that buffer yeah. zone whereas now definitely now you're beach ready and shredded yeah, so it, you can't do it, that it, it didn't even hurt that much not at all actually uh, back then but now if i'm doing that i don't know it gets it, it gets itchy it doesn't feel right so it needs to be changed because that's why i make big jumps over the years is mm -hmm. because i get adapted very well to my body type but sometimes uh i need to fall on the ground to realize those things to the changes that needed to be uh, changed throughout my technique and stuff like that so it's very good that i learned from that knowing that i need to change a lot of things for my next competition to perform well on that certain competition in february you've already mentioned the goal and i imagine this is for february's goal as well two thousand pounds at least yeah i'm yeah. gonna say it. yeah it needs to be at least two thousand yeah it needs to be otherwise i'm gonna be pissed off again <laughs> yeah I, I i know that i have it in me everything needs to be just good perfect this time around it needs to be uh just the way i want it to be because everything was resisting in this fucking preparation so it was very hard to execute uh that number so it wasn't manageable anymore. And that's what I realized the last few weeks, like two or three weeks, I knew like, and my coach also knew that 2K uh, club total wasn't gonna happen. So that's the reason uh, we decided to lower the total range to at least have a total PB out of it. Mm -hmm. But 
unfortunately it didn't it didn't happen also and that was also because uh, so that's the thing what i loved about this competition the judges were so strict and i loved it so much that there were no uh things going around like oh that's just a free lift the judges gave it away and stuff like that no it was it was not only the highest competition but it was it was also the highest quality uh giving by the judges by judging the competition itself mm-hmm. so that was also very nice to see and experience that they're just straight up uh not thinking like oh this is the high comp- highest competition oh he needs that number so i'm gonna give him a white no fuck no red is red white is white yeah no well that yeah exactly and, and it'll force you to be stricter in your preparations as well uh hopefully um mentioned it a bit earlier before is the friendly competition so uh that mm-hmm. was one yeah. some, something that you got a trophy for this year was uh the gad gym so um, yeah i i actually received two one is still in uk because i couldn't bring it so i was actually going to ship it but the shipping cost was like 120 pounds or something like that so i was gonna be i was like no fuck no i'm not gonna <laughs> pay that because that's how much i paid for the ticket itself yeah. uh, for the flight towards uh uk so i'm like the next time i come there i will bring a uh, luggage with me and i will just smash the trophy in there and bring it back at home is that the, the massive one that you can yeah bring the, what's it called the i was gonna ask you uh, bro <laughs> i don't know what it's called it's fine <laughs> it's, it's a trophy very big. That's, <laughs> yeah that, that so that, that's definitely the coolest trophy i've ever received in my life that was so cool so big it's very crazy man yeah no it looks sick especially i've seen the photos at the time and it looked absolutely amazing um yeah so for anybody who doesn't know the gad gym it's guru angadevji gym in uh derby derby yeah yeah and um every year i think they do two competitions a year right they do like a Dude, summer... they're gonna do they're gonna do one in december 10th okay are you coming back for that no i'm uh I... so if everything was uh uh, so if, if everything was going well in my competition I did last weekend, I would definitely go and support other people. I wouldn't compete because it's not fair for the other people because for me, it's a free win. It's a free trophy and stuff like that. And it needs to be equal because those people, most of them, if not all of them, are amateurs. And I'm here competing amongst the strongest lifters in the world. So it's not fair for those people to be surrounded with me in the same competition, same flight to compete against me. It's a handicap for those people. So I'm not gonna compete there for the trophies. If I will compete, I would just do it for fun. And that's it, just to give something to the Sangat uh, as a motivation. So that's it. I'm not gonna go there and uh, grab some trophies for the get gym. Could be another competition in the UK, just for fun, smashing it, receiving some trophies. But that will be a one-timer for each competition. I won't go there year in and year out to receive the trophies year in and year out. <laughs> no, it's not my thing. That's what, um, what was your experience like? So actually, to be fair, um, we haven't actually explained what the competitions are. So in, uh, well, I'll let you explain it. So Because you probably, you've been there. I haven't actually been to competition mm-hmm. itself. So if you want to describe what the the competitions are all about and like why they do it. Oh. The nice thing about it is that you can sign up for free, sign in for free, and 
you will receive an invitation that uh, you can participate in that competition. That competition has some certain weight class, not only for the men, but also for the women's. And for each weight class, you will receive a trophy uh, when you come first, second, or third. And the pound for pound best male and female lifter will receive that big trophy. So I actually received two trophies on the day. Uh, I came first uh, overall wise and for my certain weight class, of course. And you have to do the squat, bench press and deadlift. You will receive three attempts. Uh, the judging is pretty busy likely. So you will actually uh, get passed by uh, having a quarter squat, but I hope they will be more stricter over the years for the next uh, competitions. Uh, but it, it's great, man. The, the Sangha, the crowd, uh, the volunteers, they, they're doing such an amazing job. The committee from Get Gym, Sick uh, Youth, I don't know what his name is, Deepa, I guess. He, those people are so great. They are so helpful, so respectful. It's very nice. It was such a nice thing to experience. Something I haven't experienced in my uh, uh, in my uh, group in the Netherlands from my sangat. So the the respect I received from that sangat in UK was pretty nice to experience. It was very nice. Hundred percent and. And I think the main reason is it's just to encourage people to start like to get into fitness and to lift in. And if you have a exactly. goal, then you can work towards it. So like I know for yeah. a lot of people, it's their first competition. It's more of a friendly one. It's not as like strict. Definitely. Yeah. It helps a lot of people get so, into it. Right? Definitely. And uh, you, you will you will meet some uh, meet some people that are way further in their goals than that you probably are. So you can also learn from each other because. Uh, most of those people are seeing you as equal as they are in their goals. Mm -hmm. And it's actually very nice. If you're a beginner, an intermediate lifter or something like that, I would definitely uh, uh, give, give yourself an opportunity to participate in that competition. And it also brings the standard closer and to, uh, more likely together as a group. And as you said, uh, they're pushing each other in the right path, not doing drugs or, so, or stupid things like that, but more likely like, yo, work on yourself, work on your goals uh, in, a, in a healthy way, in a good state of mind. So that's very nice. I, I, I love that uh, thing that they're doing over there. Should be, uh, should be also done here and in other countries. They're also doing it in USA, in California, I guess. So that's also very nice, but uh, it needs to be happening at more places because that's very amazing yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. like we said like it, it's it's a good way to you know have have the sangha at any age categories at any Involved, age yeah yeah and just get into like fitness instead of like you said into sort of like instead of going down the wrong path like i think we've had this conversation a few times on the podcast but i think there is a difference between like the culture and the religion and the culture mm -hmm. can sometimes go down the wrong path. You know, this is all very, um, very much into like drinking and all these kind of things and partying yeah. and like weddings and stuff. Whereas if this is more pushing, you know, the youth of the community into like lifting and health and fitness and more um, 
sensible sort of uh, opportunities and things. And it's always yeah. really nice. And you get to meet, like you said, a lot of people. I know that Karen Jeep was there as well. Um, I know that quite a few people who are in this sort of fitness space were there. Um, so it's good for, you know, to meet people at different levels, like you being there, Cavendish being there, able to, yeah, you know, if somebody's getting into powerlifting and they want to pick your brains, it's the perfect person to sort of talk to. Yeah, and and they're like, like for, like for her as well. Um, and obviously the others who were there as well. So, yeah, I, I thought, just wanted to touch on that because I, I, I really like what they're doing. Um, and hopefully it happens more locally around the UK, more locally in other uh, nations where there are, you know, more up and lucky, like maybe Australia, yeah. Canada, India, things like that. So it would be cool. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's a great thing. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people that are actually a role model in their sports or anything that they are doing where people are into it or looking up to, they should be more involved in those kind of areas where they can be a role model for others to help. Uh, each other out to bring others actually in a better position uh, to have a better path for those people that want to achieve the same goals or their goals that are kind of likely similar to uh, compared to yours so yeah that, that, that's the most important thing for me because still to this day I'm helping uh, a lot of people from uh, the uh, GAT gym that competed there uh, out of their competition or their uh, lifestyle goals and stuff like that. So I'm I'm not the type of person that is putting out like a silly coaching link from, hey, buy purchase by stuff like that. Uh, so you can follow my instructions and I can lead you to a better lifestyle goal and stuff. Now, fuck that shit. That's such a silly thing for me. I'm not that type of person. You should be helpful and create some uh, room for other people in a free way uh to help those people out in their uh lifestyle goals where they're stuck at the moment for free why would you ask fucking money for it i hate that shit so much that they're using their own capa uh, capabilities to make some money and the question then is if they're actually delivering the quality that those people need or uh, need to receive to be a better version of themselves so yeah, that's it. I, I'm all. I'm always that uh, kind of uh, kind of person that doing uh, doing is doing those things for free, and I love to help others out to give them a better opportunity for their path to uh, hit their lifetime goals. So that's what I love to do, and I will always do that. And I will never ask money for it, even mm-hmm. when people are asking money for it. I'm like, no man. It's for for you. It could be like a lifetime lesson like whoa i never imagined that so i'm very thankful of him that he's helping me out but for me it's just like seconds like i need 10 seconds or maybe even less than that to give you an answer to give you a better opportunity in your path to your lifetime goals 100 and it's like you like it's it's the passing down thing isn't it so like if somebody does good to you you're more likely to do good to somebody else so if yeah. you get that knowledge from a friend in the gym, then when somebody else wants to come into the gym, you're likely to yeah. pass on that knowledge and it keeps on going, it keeps on going. Whereas if you exactly. put it behind a paywall, then it's a bit like, if, if it yeah. only basically says, if you've got money, you can learn, which should not be the case. Those people that they're, uh, that they're going to pay 
uh, others to receive those information, they're gonna be like, no, I paid for this. So why would I give it free to you, to the next person? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, this is not right. You need to give advice for free. So other people can also give some advice to the other youths for free. So it's a chain for 100%. me in my eyes. And that's the sad part that, that, that some people are asking way too much money while not giving the quality that needed to put out in perspective to help others out. So, yeah. Yeah, it depends. Like, ev- I think everyone's different. Um, hopefully, like, there were some PTs that are, are you know, um, good quality, invest in the clients and things like that. But you see... If that's, so- if, if that's your work, if that's your... Uh, money that you need to bring at home is that your work okay i understand it that's normal that's that's your job but if you're just an individual uh that can help someone out for free not uh that you don't even need the money so why would you ask money from those people to have it in conversation or something like that yeah that's that's just me i think in a different way yeah and no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it's like if you have knowledge, you pass it on to the next generation. The next generation passes it on to the generation after that. And you keep on and you keep on improving because yeah. um what they used to do in the gym in Arnold's day is very different to maybe now because exactly. within the past fifty years there's been so many new methods of training and, and things like that. But um no, I, I again it's been lovely to catch up and uh, unless there's any than any other topics that you want to touch on no i just want to say that i'm gonna smash that competition in february this time around and i'm gonna show once again who i truly am and that i'm the best dutch slash sick lifter in the world and i'm number one no one is gonna beat me and one day i will stay at the top in the whole world that's just my thing that's my ego that's my drive i will i will achieve those things one day i've got faith i've got faith 2k february 2024 we'll get in the 2k club and then beyond to the moon as they say (laughs) it needs needs to be happen and if it doesn't happen it will happen the next time i have the composure i will wait my time will come one day i will keep fighting keep striving towards my destination that is the one um that's perfect man hopefully yes. when you hit the 2k club when you're getting all these accolades and awards we can have another yes. sit down maybe in that a year or so good. time and then <laughs> evaluate the situation again yeah. and be like this is where we're at and we'll keep on going up and up Definitely. and up it's always a pleasure to talk to you it's it's also very different compared to the first time first time i was a little bit nervous i didn't <laughs> know what to do it was also my first interview but i'm not more uh, adapted to it it's much better on the yard like it again, so it's fine now yeah. <laughs> exactly we haven't <laughs> met each other in real life yet but that will also happen soon in come. Next years. yeah definitely soon. soon come soon come i remember like when you when you were at the um the guard gym that was the night that dylan's fight was as well dylan Gima's fight so the night before i think it was the sunday was a competition the night before mm-hmm. I was in Coventry for his fight and then it ended up being quite late and things. So when, when uh, I was like, if I can yeah. get, cause Coventry and Derby are quite close. So I thought if I could just get over there 
uh, in the morning it would be perfect and then you end up waking up quite late because the fight ended up quite yeah. late and then i was like shit i missed it but we will uh we'll definitely catch up soon either in the uk or definitely. in holland um and, and yeah. we will definitely catch up soon definitely man perfect 100%. cheers cheers brother i really appreciate time as always your links and things um you have a tap bio link so I'll put that in the description if anyone's listening on Spotify, Instagram, uh, Spotify, YouTube, yeah. whatever. Instagram is just fine. I'm more active on Instagram. Facebook is a little bit private. Um, you got TikTok it. now, isn't it? Uh, I have just one post. I, <laughs> I don't like... I, I like TikTok for the videos that I see for the memes and stuff like that, but it's not something uh, I use for posting. Maybe I will in the future, but for now, it's okay to watch those memes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'll put your link in the bio, so follow him yeah, on Instagram thanks. and we'll see that Definitely. journey unfold.